My name is Katherine Ricketts and I'm a contributor to Saving Words, 20 Redemptive Words Worth Rescuing. I chose the word father. I chose this word because um, as critique of patriarchal systems sweeps through my workplace and our churches and our nation's common life, um, it can be really helpful to uncover underused metaphors for God um, like nursing woman or hen gathering her chicks or any number of other um, metaphors given to us in scripture to understand God. Um, and yet, Father is the name that Jesus gives us by which to address God in prayer. Um, I have recently become the mother of young children and I have watched my husband um, inhabit for the first time the role of father. And in this essay, I wonder whether I can discover some fresh meaning in the name God the Father by observing new dads with infants. Here is an excerpt. Another 3 a.m. Our living room. The baby is eight months old and wakes in the night. Austin's unwilling to let him cry himself to sleep in spite of my urgings and those of our doctor in the books and online forums. I've stopped nursing overnight in hopes that Austin will get tougher about crying. Instead, each night when the crying starts, Austin rises uncomplaining, scoops our son from the crib and carries him to the couch. He lies on his back and the boy drops his cheek to Austin's chest and immediately settles. Streetlights give an ambient glow. Cars pass below with an occasional hush. The two lie together, Austin foregoing restorative sleep until light dawns patiently over the city. A persistent theme of scripture is the patient presence of God. God takes covenant after covenant, vowing to remain with his people. God comes to be with men and women as a wrestling angel within a burning bush in a flame. People don't always recognize how very near God is though, and they act badly, afraid at heart to be alone. And God becomes vexed, a commitment to patient presence does not preclude moments of vexation. Some nights if our son keeps crying in his father's arms, I hear Austin through the walls groaning the boy's name. But in his groaning, he remains present, desiring and seeking our child's best. God is this way. Finally, the father sends his son into the world, the ultimate gesture of his presence. Unlike other people, Jesus knows deep in his heart that the Father is with him, and this knowledge bolsters him through difficulty. When he's questioned in the temple, he explains to his critics, I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. When he foretells his betrayal to his disciples, he says soberly, An hour is coming, has indeed come, when you are scattered, each one to his own home, and you leave me alone. And I am not alone because the Father is with me. Heartened by the Father's presence, Jesus passes through fear to bear his cross. This week, our son is teething and cannot sleep alone. From midnight on, he wakes every hour and calls out. We try to soothe him and return him to the crib. He wakes again soon after. But when he's lifted up and laid down with his dad, he sleeps deeply. His pain becomes bearable when he's in good company. Does the presence of another actually alter our bodies, our brains, changing the way we experience pain? The Father's presence emboldens the Son to face the cross. 
The Father becomes present to humankind in the broken body of Jesus. This is the body of a good dad lying down with his child in radical compassion, the sharing of suffering. So I wonder whether you might observe the tenderness exchanged between new dads and the vulnerable bodies of babies and find some fresh meaning in the name of God the Father. <laughs>